Sunstone audiobook series, based on the Sunstone graphic novel by Stepan Sedgwick. Sunstone audiobook is a fan project series produced by Chris, edited, directed, and transcribed by Chris, co-edited, and narrated by Lila Rose. Sunstone is published by Image Comics and Top Cow. This is a fan narrative audiobook with certain dialogue and scenes changed to fit an audio narrative. All copyright owned by the artist writer. It's 2010, and Tanya is at her desk playing solitaire. Petite, auburn-haired, and dressed femme professional. And bored. But that day, everything changed. Tanya was an accountant, single, opinionated, independent, and sexually submissive, with some BDSM inclinations. Not too much experience, but she knew enough to have a competent voice in online discussions. In a way, we had a lot in common. Her life changed that day with a knock at her office door. Who was it, you ask? Destiny. Come in. Hello, Miss Wilkins. I'm Harper Thomas. I made an appointment. Okay, it was actually Harper, the BDSM club owner, playing the role of Destiny. Ah, yes, my two o'clock. Yes, I called about my club. I needed an accountant, and you came highly recommended, Miss Wilkins. And, by the way, feel free to call me Harper. His dark brown eyes matched the color of his skin perfectly, and even his most serious conversation had an undercurrent of flirtation. If it's all the same, I prefer Mr. Thomas. Now, I presume you gathered the paperwork I asked for? Yes, and you will find this month's freelancer invoices attached alongside with all of the employee information. Harper handed Tanya a manila envelope with the paperwork. And so Tanya became Harper's accountant. Hmm... That doesn't really sound all that romantic or glamorous, but life rarely is. Life is funny, though. It became apparent relatively quickly that Harper's Club was featuring some, oh, shall we say, exotic activities. Your average person would see the items listed in the invoices and find them confusing and only of mild interest, but Tanya knew better. As invoices came in, Tanya's suspicion grew. Custom-made corsetry and gags, four leather and two latex straitjackets, two arm binders, three pairs of custom ballet boots, and two pairs of pony boots, a suspension harness, and a gyroscopic rotating metal bondage rig? The fuck? I don't even know what that is. Harper, are you a pimp? Tanya has always had a low tolerance for bullshit. This sometimes makes her look harsh. This was one of those times. A pimp? Harper looked confused and hurt. Is this a race thing? Should I have mentioned that Tanya and Harper may have started things off on the wrong foot? 
Tanya jabbed a finger at Harper and then at the stack of invoices. No, this is an I'm not an idiot and I know well what the items in your invoices are used for thing. Now, if it was just the fetish wear, I would just presume you're running a strip club. But I know what the rest of this stuff is used for, so cut the bullshit, Mr. Thomas. No accounting tricks will make prostitution legal, at least not from my end. During her outburst, Harper's lips twitched into a smile. Once she finished, he did his best to regain his composure, but dissolved into laughter. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my! <laughs> oh. Tanya looked on with a distinct lack of amusement. Care to let me in on the joke, Mister Thomas? <laughs> okay. Wow, I did not expect this. So, what is the deal here? Oh, Miss Wilkins, you've really got this all wrong. Then enlighten me, Mr. Harper. Gladly, though it would be easier if you just came and saw the club for yourself. Please, I promise, it is nothing like what you imagine. In fact, I think you might find it to be right up your alley. Later that night at the club, Harper prompts Tanya for her revised opinion. So... It's a BDSM club. In a way, yes. And it seems to be quite a moderate one. Yes, it is. We just opened a month ago. Guess that's why there's nothing about it online. Tanya pushed her hair behind her ear. She was grateful Harper seemed to be willing to overlook her earlier antagonism. <sighs> well, that and there are a lot of results as you search for crimson. We try to keep things approachable here. There's a bit of a schedule. There are regular days when we have people who are new to the scene coming to meet up. We get guest speakers, shibari artists, and organize lessons about BDSM. Then there are the fetish wear days, performances with limits. We try to keep things from getting overly explicit. And then there are the party nights. Those tend to get interesting. <laughs> I bet. So, the $64,000 question, how did you know about me, Mr. Harper? Oh, online communities, they can share more than just porn. I needed an accountant, and honestly, I wanted to avoid having to explain every damn invoiced item. Yeah, I can, I can see how that conversation might have gotten weird. I would have been called far worse names than Pimp. Yeah, sorry about that. It's okay. Harper leaned back in his chair. So, you like what you see, Miss Wilkins? Tanya took a sip from her drink. You have a high opinion of yourself, Mr. Thomas. Oh, generally, yes, but I meant the club. Oh, um, yeah, it's great. Oh, there's someone I want you to meet. Hey, Alan. Harper waved to Alan, who was crossing the dance floor with Marion at his side. Yes, that Marion. She had her hair dyed in her distinctive black-and-white style. They came over, and Harper made introductions. Alan, I'd like you to meet Miss Wilkins, my accountant. Miss Wilkins, you'll see this guy's name on a lot of invoices. Hey, I'm Alan, and this is Marion. Nice to meet you. Also, cool hair. Tanya caught Harper's eye. And, Harper, you can call me Tanya. Very well. Tanya.
Back to the present day. Alan and Tom are installing a support beam for a new rig Harper is setting up at the club. When Tom starts swinging on it like a monkey to test that it's stable, Alan notices something seems to be up with Harper and sits down on the stage next to him. What's bugging you? Bugging nothing. Just thinking. Second anniversary, huh? Yep. Big plans? The biggest, Alan. Oh, do tell. Harper reached into his pocket and pulled out a ring, and Alan's eyes lit up. I, Harper, it's so sudden. Oh, to hell with it. Yes, yes, I do. Oh, my God. I gotta call my mom. Screw you, jackass, Harper said with a smirk. Now, now, we'll have none of that until you put the ring on it. So, what do you think? Go for it, man. They say happiness is finding someone you can be weird with, and two of you certainly meet that requirement. Also, you both evaded the perils of the curve, so you crazy kids might just make it. Yeah, the curve can be a bitch. <laughs> Don't I know it. So, what about you? No news, really. I'm not looking for anyone at the time being. I'm reveling in the glory that is single life, and honestly... I just don't feel like going back to the whole dating scene thing. You wouldn't have any problems here. I know. What about Allison? What about her? Two of you. Just friends, alas. No benefits. Anyway, she seems to be taking things to the next level with Lisa. Really? Wow, that girl really did her good. Yep. It's actually kind of funny. What is... As I crossed Allie's threshold, it's one small step for me, one giant leap for, um, Allie and me. It was a little weird. I'd been here before. I'd crossed Allie's threshold quite a few times, but that day, it was different. I'm home! My moment of happy reflection was broken by my brother barging in behind me carrying a stack of boxes. On your right! Oh, what's your problem, Jimmy? Damn, your heavy-ass books are my problem. Buy a damn tablet. I happen to like the smell of books. Weirdo. He's followed by my brother Mike, who tries not to trip over the cat Allie has temporarily adopted as he balances more boxes of my belongings. I pick him up and try to keep him from improving the moving process. There's a very special feeling of joy people sometimes get. The feeling when something you missed in your life appears and a void is filled in your heart. You feel complete. For many, it happens if they find their soulmate or upon fulfillment of a lifelong dream. It is a feeling of joy that, in a weird way, separates you from the world around you. You are, for that short time, untouchable. It's a persistent shiver that makes you want to, um, squee, I guess. And it tends to annoy some people around you. Jimmy glared at me. Could you stop playing with the cat long enough to tell me where to drop off these boxes? Um, yeah, so the thing is, I don't yet know myself. We haven't really defined my room yet. So, you know, I'm 18 and even I will call you out on how dumb an idea this is. You don't just move in with someone. 
At that moment, Allie burst through the door, a bit out of breath. Hey, Lisa, sorry I'm a bit late. Traffic was a bitch today. No worries, we're just about done here. <clears throat> oh, yeah, this little fella is my kid brother, James. Yeah, and if these boxes don't find their destination soon, I swear I'm dropping them on your head. Aw, Jimmy, you can't reach my head. I'll get a stool. Anyway, Jimmy, this is my BFF, Allison. Um, oh, yeah, hi. Hey, Jimmy. Jimmy got his first good look at Allie and was smitten at first sight. I could practically see little hearts floating around his head. It was almost cute enough not to be annoying. Mike had found somewhere to drop off his stack of boxes and came over to introduce himself. Oh, hey, Allison, right? Love the house. Quite impressive for a programmer. Well, you know, I've got a bit of business sense. Sense and the looks to match. Speaking of which, I like your business look. Sort of got this corporate dominatrix vibe in the best comparable way, of course. Dominatrix, you say? That's one of those ladies that whips people, right? Neither of them noticed me glaring daggers at my older brother. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, they are. I'm not into that myself, and I'm not suggesting that, well, you have this dominatrix vibe. Allie's grin is conspiratorial. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I don't know if you're free this weekend. That was my cue to trade glaring for action. Yeah, no, sorry, Allie. Mike and I have something to discuss. But now! I grabbed his arm and dragged him out of the foyer. Behind us, Allie told Jimmy to drop the boxes off anywhere and we'd take care of them later. I folded my arms and glared at my older brother. What? He was avoiding looking directly at me. Don't give me what? What the fuck was that about? Oh, come on, you said that she's a computer whiz and my laptop has been glitching up. I just... You are just a married man. That is all that just that you are. So this is your way of thanking me for helping you out today? Yes! Mike, I don't know what's happening with your marriage, but this bullshit is never the answer. Talk to her for crying out loud. Talk to me. Mike clenched his jaw and strode past me, back towards the door. Hey, Jimmy, we're off. Damn, Mike, my younger brother protested. I'm doing something here. That something, of course, being flirting shamelessly. Car walk, choose. I leaned into the car. Thank you both for everything, and Mike, you know I'm a phone call away. He sighed. Yeah, I might just take you up on that offer one of these days. Bye, Allie. Bye, Mike. Bye, Jimmy. I saw Jimmy blushing as they drove off. Eighteen-year-old hormones. So, Allie said. So, I responded. Jimmy is cute. Yeah, he seems to like you, too. Jealous? Bite me. Patience. Anywho, welcome home. Any ideas for a move-in party? A few, I say, biting my lip. We spent the rest of the day alone, just drinking, eating, laughing, watching movies. Knowing that I didn't have to leave, it made all the difference. We had all the time in the world for anything, I guess. We fell asleep on the couch, cuddled together, watching the shitty, sparkly vampire romance movies. 
Oh, come on. My neck hurts just looking at you. I guess Allie wasn't thrilled with my enthusiastic neck cracking. Oh, quit whining. I slept weirdly on the friggin' couch. I gotta get this undisciplined spine of mine back in line. Ugh, yeah, I'm a bit cramped myself. And I gotta go to a meeting. I would call him sick, but deadlines don't care about sick. Well, well, I guess I'll be spending my free day just unpacking. Maybe meet Cassie later or something. Just make sure you're home by 9 p.m. Oh, so I'm under a curfew? Indeed, so you better not be late or I'll be very angry. She wraps her arm around my throat and I feel my knees get weak. Note to self, be back at 9.30. My first day was generally uneventful. Some unpacking, wasting time online, and while Allie was handling her meetings, I met up with my friends Anne and Cassie that evening. I'm like halfway through your site, and well, you can write, I'll give you that. Oh, Anne, you flattering minx. And which was your favorite story so far? We were having coffee and discussing my erotic fiction. The helpers, I think. Um, so I gotta ask, the part with the girls bound together, writing that timed thing, is that from experience, or...? <laughs> no. You know, sometimes I see toys online and I kind of build a scene around them, but it's just a fancy Sibian-like thing. I should mention that this conversation started with me talking about moving in, and Anne derailed it in under five minutes. Just saying, this was not my doing. Oh, that uh, saddle thing, right? Cassie interjected. Yeah, the first time I read that one, I had to have Alan explain the damn thing to me. He knew what it was? Dude has a PhD in crazy sex stuff. So, Lisa, fess up. How much of the stuff you write is experience-based? None, really. I mean, before Allie, there was no one I shared this side of me with. So these stories are pretty much an insight into the fantasies of a submissive. Well, not every submissive, but they tickle my special spots, I guess. So is it, like, different in reality? Anne asked somewhat shyly. Oh, yeah. Way more safety precautions, effort, negotiation, and a whole lot more role-playing. Somehow, I managed to be late, and I wound up getting home closer to 9.30 than 9. Whoops. Allie had me dress up and ready for playtime. A buckled red and black corset, thigh-high black stockings, and heels, and a cute black bow ties in my hair. Allie has on a black vinyl strapless dress, with a short ruffled skirt, long matching gloves, and thigh-high stiletto-buckled boots. She selects a ball gag off the wall of toys and considers her selection of strap-ons. My arms are already restrained behind my back, with cuffs around my biceps and wrists. Really? With the bow ties? <laughs> a little tacky, don't you think? I said, rolling my eyes. Allie pursed her lips, and she rewarded my sass by putting clover clamps on my nipples. The sharp pinch as they went on sent shivers through me. I see. So first you are late, and then you think you're entitled to give me lip about my fashion choices? Oh, I think not, Missy. Uh, no, 
Let's do something about that lip of yours. I murmured, yes, mistress, as she slipped the gag into my mouth and secured it. I bet you thought it was real funny to keep me waiting like that. Twenty-five minutes late. Oh, no, we can't have that. Allie pulled on my nipple clamps to reinforce her point, and I moaned around the gag. <laughs> Come along now. Time to teach you a lesson in punctuality. She bent me over her lap, guiding me with small tugs on the nipple clamps. And then I received my punishment. One hard spank per minute I was late. By the end, I was yelping, and my ass glowed red. Did I mention that we served our role-playing pizza with extra cheese? I love it. See, the thing about this whole role-playing business was it has a purpose. On an average moment, I am Lisa, a writer and waitress. I'm opinionated, argumentative, and often sarcastic. During our kinky times, once I'd sunk into subspace, I was her submissive, a plaything, a willing participant in her devious experiments. Allie was a mild-mannered programmer. She was smart, funny, sometimes kind of goofy. Once she assumed the role of Dom, she was devious, aggressive, and yes, a bit sadistic. The role play was there to help us mentally sink into our roles, the dom and the submissive. Sure, it started cheesy and tongue-in-cheek, but then you get into that mindset. Slipping into it is powerful. It's a testament to how strangely different the sexualized mind is from the rational. The sexual mind is weird, and it's powerful. After my spankings, Allie brought me to the bed and teased me until I was whimpering and begging, laughing above me as I bucked my hips and pleaded for release, then finally giving me what I needed until we were soaked with sweat as we writhed and fucked. And here's the kicker. Regular sex? You can give in to that sexual side of yourself. I've known a few friends who have screamed the most depraved things at their partners during sex. Embarrassment came later. My point is, they can just abandon reason and go fully carnal. In BDSM, at least one had to keep the reason bus going. Usually that's the dom. I remember those days well, figuring out each other's limits, learning the moves... That was the day Allie learned just how much pressure she should apply with a strap-on. It was her first time using one, and there may have been a five-minute laughing break when she actually put it on. <laughs> it's funny, the shit you remember. Allie stopping for a moment to ask if I was okay. My gag-muffled response of, Ah, aha! And her grateful smile and wickedly whispered, Good before kissing me on the ball gag and continuing to fuck me. Mm, hot. Anywho, I could spew you all sorts of nonsense about her feral nature and how she made me feel utterly helpless and at her mercy, melting into her hands. Mm, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but the thing is, the aftermath was, for the first time, weird. 
Um, well, sleep tight, I said as I went to my bedroom. My separate bedroom. Yeah, you too, Allie said as she entered hers. Yeah, I know, considering what we do, weird is a very relative term, but bear with me. Before, whenever I'd visited her and we had our fun, we slept together in the playroom bed after. It was fun, we talked ourselves to sleep, but now it was different. I was her tenant. She probably didn't want to seem presumptuous, and for the first time I had my own place in her house, and yeah, this kind of sucked. Me in my bed, Allie in hers, both of us feeling alone. See, very soon, we will both learn that this can't last. The whole friends with benefits thing sounded like a good idea in theory, but sooner or later, one will want more. And then comes the point of decision, where you either admit your feelings, or you simply hide them and continue with the charade. Um, hey. Allie was at my door with an armful of books. Hey, I said, coming over and hanging onto the frame. So I know you liked some of my comics, and I figured, well, you know, I'm reading and stuff. I smiled a little. And there's also a monster under my bed, which might scare me. That, too. We can't have that, Allie said solemnly. I mean, charades can be nice at times. As many of you know by now, I'm a writer. I dabble in several genres, fantasy, drama, and yes, I occasionally write stories of, shall we say, stimulating nature aimed at adult reading and porn, okay? I write porn. I love doing it, and it sure as hell paid a crap load of bills over time. There, it's what I do. Now, here's why that bit of honesty is relevant. The day I met Cassie and Tom and ended up giving Cassie the link to the website where I hosted all my stories, she ended up enthusiastically sharing the link with Anne, who was bored enough to start reading. Bored enough. Her words, not mine. Bullshit. My word. Anyhow, she pretty much printed out the entire site and got to reading. And I guess reading led to a deep appreciation of the art form. And some self-inflicted hickeys. And some very intense orgasms. And a lot of confusion about what was wrong with her to be getting off to this BDSM stuff. So yeah, Anne had some stuff to deal with. But thankfully, she had me. Her friendly neighborhood provider of smut to help her process all of this. Hey, I was perfectly qualified to be her guide, thank you very much. I was a sexual submissive for long enough to be able to say, you know, fuck it, this is me. I like being tied up, it feels good, and makes my orgasms go wee. 
Uh, so yeah, objective and unbiased guidance right here. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't pushing this stuff on her. She asked, I explained, and she ended up getting interested. Very, very interested. And that bothered her, the quickness of it all. But that's just it. People change. Tastes change. Sometimes it takes a long time, and other times it's sudden. So Anne did what many of us do when we get hit by a crisis of self-image. She tried rationalizing it. A funny thing is, she couldn't come up with much beyond... Maybe it was the wardrobe. After all, she loved hard rock and metal, and she had seen the empowering confidence of the musicians who wore rather similar stuff to fetishists. To her great annoyance, the changing nature of a personal taste was not so easily quantifiable. Somewhere back in the dark, hidden rooms of her mind, a seed of an idea took root. Maybe this was something she could get out of her system by trying it out. Problem was the partner. I mean, the only idea she had about Adam was what she got from my stories. This intense woman, this Allison, and she kind of wanted to meet her. Allie and I were sitting on the couch together. I hate the universe. Allie was bent over with her elbows on her knees. "'What's up, Pookie?' I said cheerfully. "'Hunt Flo is back.' "'Oh, I guess you had some plans.' "'So many plans, good plans, brilliant plans.' Ugh. "'So, uh, you syncing up with me yet, or what?' "'Yeah, Allie, that's how that works, on command.' Oh, "'Gay guys don't have to deal with this shit.' Okay, so you're just gonna drop that line like it's no big deal? I cleared my throat and there was an awkward silence. Uh, so yeah, I got to go do a shift at the diner now, and after that I'm meeting Anne and Cassie for lunch to figure out her next tattoo session. You wanna join us? Meet Anne? Nah, rain check. I'm in no mood for small talk. Probably just gonna go kill some stuff. New expansion today, so at least that's some good news. Oh, uh, is that a thing for the game you play? I am so not a gamer. Yeah, the, just the thing for my current murderous mood. Well, I've got to go. Hang in there, okay? Want me to bring you back something to eat? Surprise me! Allie flapped dramatically on the couch. Pizza it is. Good girl. When I left, Allie called Alan to come over and catch up, but he had to get a set of new costumes done that night and had to pass. So Allie buried herself in your gaming. Good ol' escapism. There for us in good times and bad. I would know, after all, escapism was my bread and butter. At least two kinds of people are pretty much guaranteed to have crazy ideas. Writers and horny people. What I mean is both are known to say, hey, this seemed like a good idea at the time. I, my dear listener, was both. My head was full of crazy ideas, and I gladly put them into writing. Now, of the many adult stories I wrote back then, the most popular were my Allison and Lisbeth series. In a way, they started as my little flirtations with Allie. Back when we were just internet friends, these stories were both sexual fantasies and creative vents. 
So why am I mentioning this? Well, these stories started off as a simple and blatant self-inserts of Allie and myself. However, a writer's mind is a restless beast. So I did what any writer does to escalate things. I added another character. Funny thing is, threesomes actually ranked quite low on my list of sexual fantasies, but they sure were fun to write. So I created Sarah. It seemed like a good idea at the time. It may also have been a case of writer's laziness. Two subs and one dom presented a rich supply of situations. The stories kind of wrote themselves. Stories of Allie and Lisbeth were quite popular. But when I introduced Sarah popularity skyrocketed. For some reason, the new inexperienced sub resonated with my audience, and for reasons of her own, Anne strongly related to Sarah, to the point that, in her fantasies, she was her. And yes, in her mind, I was Lisbeth. Anne was already sitting in a booth when I arrived. Hey, Annie! Cassie will be a bit late, but that will give us two some time to get to know each other better. Um, yeah, the better. I didn't realize her awkwardness was due to more than run-of-the-mill social anxiety. Scooch over, I want to show you something. I sat myself in the booth next to her. Inserting herself and me in my stories troubled her. It bugged her about as much as the fact that she was getting off to BDSM stories. It was a genuine seven-layer salad of masturbatory guilt. If I'd been able to hear her internal monologue at that moment, it would have sounded something like, No, this isn't weird at all. Hey, Lisa, guess who's been a prominent part of my recent masturbatory fantasies? I'll give you a clue. There are two of them, and they're both sitting at this table. Uh, hey, Anne? Uh, what? what you kind of drifted off there. You okay? Yeah, just fine. Apparently, she had been imagining our naked bodies leaning in towards each other. I was oblivious. Anywho, as I was saying, once you're done with Cassie's tattoo, I would like you to do this one on me. I slid the book over. Can you guess where? Oh, a winged heart, kind of like the one your character Elizabeth has, so, um... Going with your right butt cheek? Well, look at you paying attention. I ruffled her short blonde hair and totally didn't notice the look of panic and hormones rising. So, um, Lisbeth from your stories, hot redhead, wisecracking submissive, uh, she is based on you? Partially, yeah. And Sarah? What about her? Is she based on someone? Or... Nah, she was just a character I added because I wanted to explore the one dom, two subs dynamic. Sarah was the result of that. Ah, oh, I see. It's just, I've read your stories a few times now, and of all of them, those featuring Allison, Lisbeth, and Sarah somehow felt more, I don't know, more real. Well, Allison is based on my best friend Allie, you know. Your dom? Yep. And you're still best friends? What's your point? I just don't think I could do that. I mean, if Cassie, for example, well, you know, um, doesn't it get weird? Like, when you're just hanging out? 
I mean, how do you keep those two sides of your friendship apart? Oh, that's really it. We don't. BDSM has this, well, hobby-like quality. I mean, sex is sex. It's simple, feels good. But in all honesty, how many bumpin' of uglies do you genuinely remember? This is much more layered. Memories alone are more than worth it. There's discussing rigs, scenarios, fantasies, what might work and what wouldn't. If you think about it, it's more than sex. It's a common interest. <sighs> so, the two of you basically know each other better than my ex-boyfriend and I knew each other. Ain't that just a little bit depressing? Yeah, trust me, I had the same problem. So, speaking of fantasies, is a threesome one of them? What? What? Oh, I mean, if your writing is any indication, my writing is a mere fantasy. Based on some reality, Anne was fishing for something. Um, what are you driving at? Just trying to figure you out. Figure me out? <sighs> okay, I'll tell you something, but only if you promise never to tell Cassie. Sure. I may be a bit into this stuff. Okay, so what does that have to do with figuring me out? And drooped. Ugh, nothing. It's stupid. Think about who you are talking to. I presented my best trustworthy air. She looked up. Well, fair enough. The thing is, even you're so normal. I mean, Cassie is sure, but look at you. You actually have a dom. You're actively doing this stuff, and yet you're so normal. I fail to live up to your pervert stereotype. In a word, yeah. I mean, you aren't really wearing your kink on your sleeves. Anne, you are a tattoo artist, and I have yet to see a tattoo on you. I have a few, but, you know, don't want to overdo it. And there you go. Oh, I guess my problem is, well, it's just so sudden. And now, hell, I didn't even know where or even how to start. Well, Anne, I guess you start by finding a good dom. <laughs> oh, yeah, just that. I won't lie, that part is a pain in the ass, and not the fun kind. Oh, I hate you, Lisa. I mean, a disbelieving snort. <laughs> it's true. You did this to me, you and your fucking stories, and now I have this bloody itch that I can't scratch. She stabbed an accusatory finger at me. You and your damn stories. I couldn't help it. I smiled at her self-righteous outrage. Suddenly, she noticed how close we were. Close enough to lean in for a kiss. She spun around and glared at the empty spot across the table. You owe me peace of mind, damn you. I put my arm around Anne and leaned in. You got a mouth on you, missy. I might just ask Allie to teach you a lesson about not swearing in public. That was a joke. A poorly timed and oblivious joke. I turned to see Cassie strolling toward our table with her eyebrow raised, red hair falling down to frame her face. Hey, Cassie! Don't you hey, Cassie, me, you little minx. She put her hands on her hips. Look at you, hang on, poor Anne. 
I might just have to tell your girlfriend about this. Friend, I corrected her. Sure, sure. So where is your friend now? Home, she's not feeling well. I still hadn't removed my arm from around Anne, and, well, I guess she didn't really mind. So, how's your tattoo holding up? I asked Cassie as she sat down. Mm, it's okay, peeling a bit, but overall, good. Don't pick at it, Anne chided. Yes, Mom. How many sessions do you think we have left? Cassie sounded a little apprehensive. Hmm, twelve to fifteen, Anne said nonchalantly. What? Cassie's eyes went wide. <laughs> Relax, Cass. Two sessions left. One, if you can handle a longer one. Not funny, Anne. Then Tom, Cassie's husband, walked in. I greeted him, and Cassie gave him a meaningful look and asked where he was. Tom revealed that apparently Alan had been invited to our little gathering as well, but had managed to deduce that Cassie was, once again, trying to set him up with someone, and flatly declined. I don't know how he saw through the impenetrable wall that is my poker face, Tom mused. Oh, baby, you don't have a poker face. Cassie was interrupted by Anne, growling, This is supposed to be a setup? So? Cassie asked. I will fuck you up for this, Red. Mm, bring it, Blondie. Cassie made a come-fight-me gesture across the table. While they were posturing at each other, I asked Tom what Alan was up to. It seems like he'd been particularly reclusive lately. Deadlines, I guess, Tom shrugged. He's a busy man. Ah, the solitary life. I knew it well. You get to talk to your TV, lead a rather frequent, if one-sided, sex life, procrastinate, find a hobby. If you're lucky, you might even make a living doing what you love. Eventually, you find your pace in the solitude. Well, either that or you grow weird. Oh, shut up! My sexual tastes don't count. Thankfully, Alan found his pace through his job, and though it certainly had its weird moments, such as explaining why a corset held together by piercings was a bad idea. Because sneezing, in case you are wondering. Speaking of potentially bad ideas and piercings, I lean in toward Cassie. So, I heard from Alan that you might be getting your nipples pierced? Cassie turned to Tom. You had to blab? I had to brag, Tom clarified. Oh, you will pay for this, you know that. With interest, honey, Tom smirked. You know, comfort zone is a funny thing. Sometimes a simple change in conversation topics can turn you from the hunter to prey. Anne turned to me with a sly smile and asked, You got your nipples pierced? Uh, no. I shifted uncomfortably. Want to do it? You know, I really do appreciate the direction this conversation is taking. Carry on, Tom said, leaning in eagerly. <laughs> Enjoying yourself? Cassie asked him. Immensely. As you will, I'm sure. You know I'm only getting them done for you. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not. You're doing them because Tanya told you. I didn't catch what Tom whispered into her ear, but she blushed and muttered, I hate you. 
Good, good. Use that hatred tonight, Tom said, doing his best Star Wars Emperor impression. I can't take you two anywhere nice, can I? Welcome to my world, Lisa, Anne said. So, you're thinking of getting some piercings done? Um, yeah, you know, my nipples? I replied, kind of hesitantly. <laughs> Let me guess. For her? No. I, uh, oh, maybe. And this whole reluctance thing is about doubt? Fear of piercings? Or just regular embarrassment? A bit of each, I said, looking away shyly. Well, I can't say anything about your doubt or embarrassment, but the pain is not all that bad. It's a bit annoying while it heals, but if you take care of them, they should heal relatively fast. I got my nipples pierced and bleh. She opened her mouth to reveal a tongue piercing. Mm, okay, but um, so I heard that the nipple ones increase the um, oh yeah, they do. I squirmed in my seat a little as I worked up the nerve. Okay, yeah. <gasps> awesome! A new pincushion! Anne put her arm around me with an entirely too excited grin. <sighs> I'm just kidding. No, you are not. I know that look. I've seen it before. It's kind of amazing. My initial relationship with Allie led me to befriending Cassie and Anne... And it all started because of my stories. Such is the power of escapism. And speaking of escapism, when I got home, Allie was playing her MMORPG, and I guess her friend Vlad had stolen some good loot and they were dueling. As I walked in, I could hear her cussing him out from the door. Eat your breakfast of pain, you loot-hogging asshole! I should make it clear, this isn't an Allie feeling shitty because she's on her period thing. This is a pissed off Allie thing. This tends to happen a little too often. I mean, sure, I also lose my shit every now and then. I am, however, far less vocal about it. I hope. You think I don't have money? I have money, but I prefer playing my game with pure motherfucking skill! I cautiously entered her bedroom and gaving Hamid. Um, so, hey, I'm back. She turned from the scream and smiled at me. Oh, hey! Of course, her opponent took advantage of her momentary distraction to finish off her character. Dick move, lad! She gave her screen the middle finger. So, this is your room? Yeah. It's nice. Thanks. Don't really see why you were hiding it the first night. I wasn't hiding it. Could have fooled me. I just wanted us to stay on the topic. This was not the toy room I was planning to show you that night. <laughs> Fair point. Oh, how was lunch? Interesting. I'm getting a tattoo. Nothing big. A winged heart. Allie knew what I was referring to. Hmm. <laughs> On your butt? Yeah. Also, um... Well, and then Anne, the tattoo artist, kind of persuaded me. Well, I was thinking maybe some, um... 
piercings? I made a gesture indicating my breasts. Allie's eyes lit up and she gave a smile that made my heart lurch. Hmm. Thanks. I threw my arms around her and kissed her cheek. You're welcome. Come on, your pizza is getting cold. Uh, say, Lisa, there's a party at Crimson in two weeks. I got an evite from Harper, so if you want to go... Sure, escapism is nice and all. I would love to go. But real life can be much nicer. You've been listening to Sunstone, the audiobook, Volume 4, Part 1. We at the Sunstone team decided to divide up Volume 4 into two parts due to the length of the graphic novel, as will Volume 5 be divided into two parts as well. Please join us in June as we will have Volume 2 up here on SoundCloud, iTunes, and anywhere else that you happen to download Sunstone, the audiobook series. Please join us on Twitter at SunstoneFan and leave a comment and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and on our SoundCloud website, where you can find Volumes 1 through 3. Thank you, everybody, and join us again in June for Sunstone Volume 4, Part 2.